0: Good morning, Frank, and thank you very much for, for joining us this morning. So um, to plant the scene, um, our colleague Sophie highly recommended you after listening to your speech at a conference in Madrid. Thank you. Um, you're um, uh, you're an expert in digital marketing, and you've got an impressive career behind you. Uh, you're the founder of several startups. You're a professor at uh, the famous ESADE University here in Barcelona, and you used to be uh, a digital marketing director for Sony in uh, New York. So, it's not surprising that we've got yourself, uh, you've got for yourself a follower community of uh, more than 150,000 uh, people on all um, social media platforms combined. So, we are delighted to have you here this morning.
1: It's my pleasure. Thank you.
0: Um, so, for us, um, the, the, we are we a are B2B consultancy, right? I'm, uh, my name is Jack. I'm the global head of market development for Prodigal Group. Uh, we help companies expand and optimize operations internationally. The first question that I wanted to ask you is. Um, How do you see the difference between B2B marketing and B2C marketing, especially when it comes to social media? Well, that's a great question, especially when you're uh, putting it into the
1: social media uh, frame, because I think B2B is a bit of an oxymoron. I don't think businesses do business with businesses. I think it's business people doing business with business people. Mm. So when you go down to that, you realize that in social media, it's almost the same. It's just... The numbers are different, you don't have that many views of your videos, so you don't have that many connections because you're dealing mostly with uh, big ticket items. Most uh, B2B uh, negotiations are with, uh, with higher price tags, right? I mean, if you're doing consulting or you're doing law, or you're doing any of those things, they're typically bigger and longer contracts. Um, But at the end of the day, it's people talking to people. So that's the first thing that needs to come to mind. When you're doing uh, social media, the big mistake that most companies do is try to do everything corporate and speak the corporate talk and and, and have the logo doing the talking. And people in social media connect much better with people than with logos. So the first thing I advise companies that are doing uh, social media B2B is to put their people first. And I'm not just saying that. I mean, for instance, on LinkedIn, it's not about having a perfect company page. It's about having your team engaged in LinkedIn with the potential network that they may have and, and the people that are, they're already doing business with. Because that's another of the interesting things. We start doing business with the people that already know us. The trouble is we don't get to see them face to face every day. We don't get to talk to them on the phone every day. But we can be in their cell phones almost every day if we're doing LinkedIn right.
0: That's a very interesting thing. We we decided to re to change our tagline to bring humanity back to business. And uh, so your human-to-human um, aspect is, uh, is quite interesting. But how do you actually make that happen? Like uh, with your community, yeah, I've seen that you've got a lot of uh, also B2B people. Uh, how do you actually, which tips do you give to people to make that happen successfully? Well, here's
1: where I advise companies that are trying to do B2B in social media correctly. If what we said is that what's important is to have your people, the people in the company, engaged in social media, what you need to do is coordinate them. So what I advise is creating, for example, some sort of ambassador program. I've done this with a couple of major corporations that have big sales teams around the world. And I tell them, start with the people that are already active on social media, particularly on LinkedIn, and then get them together, teach them how to use it properly and how to communicate adequately the the message that the company wants to put out there. And then have them work together. And this is where something very interesting comes in that doesn't happen when you're doing a different kind of of social media marketing, which is you can have corporate prepare content, uh, help them, assist them in preparing their own content, but then have it published on their personal accounts within LinkedIn, not on a corporate account that nobody cares about, on each one of them. And if you coordinate them and you have them support each other, You're actually creating a very powerful network. Because one employee will publish an article about their point of view, about something that your potential customers might be interested in. But then a whole uh, army of colleagues are going to comment, recommend, and share that. So that means it's going to get to a lot more people within each one of their networks. And at the end of the day, they're going to reach a lot more people. And it's going to be consistent and logical because it's going to be people in the business talking about what's happening on the business. So there is a lot to be done if you do the coordination right and you do the activation right of the right people. And then you can extend it to the rest of the team because this actually gets contagious.
0: And I'm sure you've uh, you've faced the, um, the fear of some people and saying, and, and what if something goes wrong there? Uh, what would you respond to that? That's where training is really important and helping them
1: understand what they can do, what they can't do, the dangers of doing things wrong, the way to communicate. But if you're talking about the people that are already out in the marketplace having those conversations with those contacts in real world. They're going to be pretty good at doing that online too. Yeah. It's just the risk is there that in, the, in the sense that it could become uh, much bigger, it could reach more people. But at the same time, it's something that can be monitored. You can't listen in on your sales conversations of your sales team. Um, Everything that happens online is actually open to everyone. So you can actually coach them before the actual accident happens if if you're thinking about a crisis. And the truth of the matter is these are the people that are already out there talking to your customers. So why not let them do it in a way that's going to reach them much, much better than the face-to-face or the calls or the conferences where you can't do every single day.
0: Two questions listening to you. One is how do you link... Um, that social media to um, the company culture because you think about you spoke about training which I found fascinating but I think what, what do you see what's your view of the role of the culture of the company when it comes to um, the outcome of your social media strategy and the other one is you've mentioned a couple of times the sales team do you think B two B or human to human as you <laughs> called it before uh, online marketing or online social media strategy should be only about sales um, okay let's go in order then um,
1: the first point about the culture you work the culture through the people. What you see on social media is just a consequence of having the right culture. So I think you have to work the culture within your organization, you have to make sure that everyone is in line with the culture, and then it will happen naturally. If you see that what you are, what's out there on social media is not aligned with the culture, you don't have a social media problem, you have a culture problem. So first, you need to deal with the, with the, with the issue that you have with the culture of your company. Again, it's you're listening in on the conversations of your people Um, that you wouldn't hear otherwise so so I think it needs to be worked from the perspective of the actual culture. I talk about the salespeople because marketing is something that tries to get you sales and the salespeople are the ones that are trained to talk to potential customers and they're the ones that are already out there doing that job. I think it's really important that that team in particular learns to do that in social media as well. Most importantly because it's going to help them make their numbers make their bonuses be more successful. So those are the most motivated. Um, But no, it doesn't have to end there. And it's really powerful when the rest of the organization also gets involved, right? Because they also impact um, the marketplace. And they may be reaching uh, connections of other connections that might be interested in in you. It's just they're not going to be able to channel that into a sales opportunity. And remember, I'm not saying you have to sell through social media. You just have to be in touch through social media. So you increase the probability of having an actual meeting, which is where you're probably going to close the business if you're doing B2B. But you have to be present. You have to network. You have to uh, do your relationships right. And be present is the most important thing because you can't be present again face-to-face or on the phone every single week in front of all of your clients. But you can on social media.
0: So you see, it's sort of a magnifier of your... Um a real presence, so you you multiply it or you duplicate it. Exactly. And
1: this is why I've gotten all those followers. It's because I'm present and I'm there and I'm providing uh, content and I'm asking, I'm interacting with them. Um, I mean, you you put myself as an example. I teach and I'm often in the media, so it's easy for me to attract the attention of people, but I retain them by sharing things that are valuable to them and being present. It's very interesting now because I meet people in my network face to face And I don't have to explain what's going on because they already know because I'm so vocal about it sometimes to the extreme, perhaps, right? But it's such a subtle way that it doesn't bother anyone. If I called all my contacts and I told them, you know, I have a webinar about this, or you know, I'm now in this project with this corporate client, they would be annoyed and interrupted. But if I publish it on social media, they just get to see it. If they're interested, they read it. If they're not, they're passed on to the next thing. But when they think about who can help me with this, I'm usually top of mind
0: because I'm present. And I guess, like uh, you already have those one hundred and fifty thousand followers, so um, you're starting with that. I mean, you're following with that strong network, right? But um, if you had to give three key tips to um, to someone who doesn't have those one hundred and fifty thousand yet, what would you say? Well, the first is patience.
1: I'm not starting with one hundred and fifty thousand. I started with like three or four thousand, which is what comes naturally when you teach and you appear in media. But in my case, it was really interesting because I was very frustrated. I was teaching companies how to do social media and I wasn't an example of it. So I started looking into it and saying, what do I have to do with myself in order to get that reach that I'm preaching, I can get them. And then I started realizing that, that it takes time and it takes work. And I'm going to give you some clues as to what worked for me, or what I would do if I started now, because I started a few years back. But the first the first thing to, to realize is, it's patience. I mean, I was doing things right. I do have a method, so I used my method. But I was applying my method for over two years before I reached 100,000 followers on Twitter. Now people tend to forget that. They see 100,000 and they're like, oh wow, how did you do that? In fact, it's very interesting because when I had 80,000, nobody cared. And the day I crossed the line of 100, everyone's like, how
0: did you do that?
1: And I'm like, didn't you see me doing that for the last two years? So the first thing is patience. There's no way to get this quick. Unless, of course, you have massive visibility through traditional media, if you're on TV, or if someone really popular uh, really talks about you a lot. But otherwise, it takes time doing things right. And that's where the trick comes in, right? So here's a couple of things. The most important thing I learned, and, and this is something I, I, I go in more detail in my TED talk, if you look it up on, on YouTube, you're going to see it. The summary is, I realized it's not about you, it's about them. So when we come from traditional marketing, we tend to put the product first, we tend to put ourselves first, mostly because we're paying to get seen, right? But in social media, you're not paying. You can, but it's not the way, right? In order to get attention, people don't follow you because of who you are they follow you because of who they are so once you realize that you stop talking about yourself, you stop talking about what you're doing and you start talking about what they care about and this is really really important because it's very easy to fall into the opposite so if you keep that in mind it's not about you it's about them then the mind frame changed. I'll give you an example I, I, I interview people too and I interviewed one of the biggest influencers in, uh, in families in, in Spain and in my interview I realized she never talked about followers And she has a half a million followers. She's uh, Maria Jose Cayuela. She has a big blog. and, And she's like, she's not talking about followers. She's talking about community. And she said something very important. She said, it is my job to provide a service to my community. And then I realized why she had half a million people following her. Because she wasn't talking about her. It was not about her. It was about them. And she was committed and always trying to create something that was valuable to them. I hate the expression add value because it sounds very empty, but at the end of the day, it summarizes that concept, which is talk about what they care about, not what you care about. And the last tip I would give you, and this is something that applies to now, it didn't apply when I started, is use video. It's unbelievable the difference you get when you're using video. And everybody can get a camera, a tripod, and a microphone. In fact, the camera is already in your pocket. It's called your cell phone.
0: The smartphone, yeah.
1: And and the tripod and the microphone is $46 or 46 euros on, on Amazon right now. This is what I advise my followers to do. And I've seen some of them actually do it very successfully because when you put yourself in front of a camera, and I know people of our generation may not be as used to it, younger kids are, but once you get used to that, you're actually replicating the yeah, face-to-face yeah, yeah. in a very powerful way. And video is now not only on computers, it's also in our pockets, it's also in social media, it's, it's in our cell phones. And if you're able to summarize what you have to say in two, three minutes of video, and you put it in a place like LinkedIn or Twitter, and you communicate to the people that care about what you have to say, and you apply what I said before, it's not about you, it's about them, you're going to start getting surprised. The trouble is, you'll need to go back to the patients. You're not going to get 100000 in a year but you may get it over the course of a couple of years. And who doesn't have a couple of years to grow an audience if then you can leverage it? I always say I get 30% of my, of my business opportunities through LinkedIn nowadays. So 30% of my income is coming through opportunities through LinkedIn. And it's very interesting because it's typically people I don't know. I meet you guys through LinkedIn as well. Um, but it has a lot to do with what I've done before or the people that do know me. So again, it goes back to being present. Mm-hmm. and having something to say.
0: I particularly love the, uh, the your tip number two and say it's about them, it's the community you serve, etc. And I agree with you, like the, the added value part is probably very difficult to define. And a, a key part to define it properly is to listen to them. Mm-hmm. So how do you actually manage to listen to that community and make sure that you address their particular needs? Well, it's a bit of an addiction to me,
1: I have to say. It's not so difficult anymore because if you have social media in your pocket, What do you do with all those dead moments that you had before? For instance, I'm sitting here right now. I always arrive half an hour early to every meeting. Because what's the point of trying to be on time if the last half hour I can invest in something productive? For instance, checking out my social media and listening to the people that are are talking to me. And this way I have not been late in two years. Because... I always show up with plenty of time and if I'm ever late because of a trouble or traffic or whatever, I end up being exactly on time, right? So it's all those little moments. We call them micro moments in marketing, but it's all those dead silly moments that you don't do anything with that now are productive because you have your cell phone in your pocket. So if you add them up when you're in your taxi, when you're having a coffee before a meeting, when you're waiting for the doctor to take you in, when your kid is taking a nap and you have a dead moment and you don't know what to do, um, that's a good time to listen to, to respond, to check. And then it becomes addictive because when you realize you're talking to real people and it's valuable to your business, then it's valuable work to do.
0: Uh, two questions. We used uh, one of those micro moments to, uh, to talk about your career just before we started the <laughs> podcast. And uh, um, you've got many hats, right? You, you've, um, you've done the big corporates like PwC. You studied in different places in Barcelona and New York. Um, and, and now you have lots of activities. How do you link... Um, your understanding of different communities to the quality of your, you know, to your ability to listen to this community? Well, at the end of the day, what I do is the same. It's just I
1: do it in different ways. I mean, I always summarize it saying my passion is the digital transformation of people. Like, I my passion is helping people take advantage of the digital revolution that we're in right now. So I do that with my students at Esade, but I do that with my listeners in my podcast. I do that with the viewers of my, of my views, the readers of my books. I do that with my clients. I do it with mothers right now in a community that I've helped mothers become social media managers. Um, so at the end of the day, it's the same job. It's just in different places in different locations. And I enjoy the fact that it's, that it's different. And it allows me to listen in too in, in different ways. When I teach in class, I have executives challenging me all the time. And I love that because that's where I get the real troubles and I try to find the real solutions, right? But then I may be teaching kids coming out of, uh, you know, uh, of... of, uh, of the the last year of their degree, right, And, and, and they don't have that experience, but then I listen to them and I realize how young kids are now using social media, right, or I may be meeting with a mother that is now becoming social media manager and I understand the way she gets organized or the way she looks at products because she understands that kind of product better than I do, so every different channel is a different opportunity to listen and to learn, and then I apply that to the other channels. It's very funny because sometimes I use my examples with my consulting clients in class, or I, I quote people. I do that all the time. When I hear something interesting, I'm saying, I'm going to quote you. And then I quote them in front of a client or I quote them in, a, in an article or something like that. So it's all so connected. But at the end of the day, it looks like a lot of different things, but it's the same thing in different channels.
0: Okay, let me bring a quote from my grandma to then ask you a challenging question. Excellent. Um, she used to say, first, we were scared of switching on the lamp and, uh, after the light. And after a while, we realized that it's safe. Um, So let's take that and um, ask you a challenging question. In digital transformation of uh, humans, what do you think is the next generation? You know, what um, the the next uh, way people are going to use uh, digital to interact? So that's question one. And then because we've got pragmatism as one of our key values, I'll also ask you one key tip for someone looking for a job to use um, social media. Well, you ask questions in two. That makes it challenging. I need to balance two ideas at the same time.
1: Um, the next wave, what's going to be next? Well, first of all, I always say that we've been on the mobile uh, revolution for a while now. And a lot of people still haven't realized. A lot of people design websites for desktops. And websites are now being used over mobile devices. It includes tablets. So it's not just about the big or the small screen. What's next that's fascinating to me um, may not be so... Uh, Eye-opening, but I think it's it's already getting me thinking, and it's automation, because, and it's, you could talk about it as artificial intelligence, algorithms, big data. I hate those words that way, but at the end of the day, it's automation, and I'm fascinating. I, I have young kids now; they're six and eight and, and ten, and I, I think about when they will get old enough to have their own online business. And I start thinking, well, today, if you want to have an online business, you need to learn how to do that because there's a lot of things you need to connect, a lot of things on like digital marketing. But every year, some of those tasks are getting automated. It's so easy right now to launch a website. It's so easy to put up a webinar. It's so easy to start an email list. It's so easy to, to, to be present on social media that, that a lot of that is actually getting automated. It happens automatically. And what's... Advertising, online advertising. I mean, now you go on Facebook and, and it already tests six different images for you. Before we had to do it hand by hand. Um, it already looks for the best clients that would buy from you. All of those things are getting automated. And what gets me thinking is, so what's really important? Because at the end of the day, at one point, it will be just about putting the right product in some channel. And it will sell if it's good or not, if it's bad. And at the end is the fundamentals of marketing and communication and product development are still up to us.
0: So on the first part of the question, you somehow agree with my grandmate freeze of time, right? When we had the light and it was safe, then you had a few more hours of daylight so you could do more things. So you're saying that um, yeah. somehow it's gonna help us to do even more things. Of course, yes,
1: and that's the passion. That's, that's the, the exciting part of it, right? It's like you can do a lot more. And that's why, and this is the one thing I always say, it's when you see progress, when you see uh, a new technology, you have to look at it as an opportunity. If you look at it as a threat, you're only going to be last in the queue of actually taking advantage of it. So, yes, I look at it as a way to, to know
0: more. And before we jump to the uh, second part of it, and last question, on uh, <laughs> give us a tip for someone looking for a job on how to use social media. One question around maybe uh, the moment of reflections that you need, because if you're in your, all your macro mo- micro moments, you're analyzing information, etc. Where is the thinking time?
1: That's a very, very good question, and it gets me thinking, too. Um, I have found... In certain moments, certain places, um, you have to find the time to actually um, think. And I'll give you, it's funny, it's a bit personal, but I'm going to give you the examples of the situations in which I naturally do that. And you have to force yourself to do that. I like sailing. So I find that when I'm uh, on watch, basically out in the ocean, and I have to pay attention to what's going on, but I can't do nothing else, I do a lot of thinking there. I don't get to do it often enough, so that doesn't work for me. Um, but the other one, and that's a bit more personal, is I tend to wake up really early in the mornings. And when I wake up in the morning, I don't want to do a lot of noise or wake up the rest of the family. So I find myself tight and, you know, unable to even open my cell phone because it creates light and it bothers my partner. So I use a lot of that time to actually do the thinking because I can't do anything else. And I realize sometimes you just have to block all the distractions and dedicate some time to that thinking or, and then this is where great ideas come. Uh, This is where great copy comes sometimes when I need to write something, articles, uh, reflections, and sometimes things that become lessons, right? So if we don't naturally get those moments because life doesn't give them to us, we have to force them. So you can go for a run, you can go for a drive. Some people like do that when they drive. Um, You can do, you know, the sailing or whatever, gets your mind away from everything else and where your cell phone is not reachable because that's the biggest distraction
0: if you use it improperly, right? Absolutely. Um, And uh, look, uh, with uh, a part of our activity being recruitment, I can't uh, finalize this podcast without asking you, which tip do you give um, to someone who uh, is looking for a job and uh, who wants to improve the way he's using social media? Yeah. I like to say this as um, you have to invest
1: um, in your relationships. And like I said before, when we talked about salespeople dealing with potential customers, uh, when you're in the market and eventually you want to change jobs or you may be looking for a job, your relationships is the most powerful asset that you have. So if you use the same technique with the relationships that you have, and instead of selling the company or the product of the company, the product you're selling is yourself, a lot of the things apply the same way. So what I mean by that is, for instance, every person that you meet face-to-face needs to go into your, how do you call it, Um, the piggy box, right? A piggy bank? Your piggy bank. I call it the piggy bank. I usually say it in Spanish, so I had to translate. Your piggy bank. And what's your piggy bank? It's your LinkedIn or your Twitter or whatever social media you've chosen. You have to connect with those people through there. And then you will be present, like we said before, because you will have an opportunity to share what you know, to share what you're doing. So every relationship that you make in real life and you have to make them that way, too. You have to go out to conferences and meetings and, and meet people, interviews, all that. Put them in your piggy bank and stay in touch in a very subtle way. I don't mean you have to email them every week. I mean you have to publish interesting things and you have to be present so that they think of you when they need you. And the last thing in regards to that or the other element of that is patience. It will take time. So you won't get it the first day either. So you have to invest in it in long term. Um, I'm going to bring you back to when I got my my hardest job to get which was getting into the music industry I mean I, when I was in New York I, I went into one of the businesses that, that's most desired by people that have a passion for music like me it was right after business school music industry doesn't care about business school they care about you know the artists that you know and the things that you do in the industry um, it was really really hard to get that job and they told me you're gonna have to network a lot and I was like no, I went to Columbia I'm gonna get a lot of connections there it took me much longer than I thought And at the end of the day, it was all those relationships that I developed um, that when I didn't have opportunity to work because they didn't have a job for me or because I was still in school, that when the right opportunity came by, came for me and supported me, recommended me. Um, At the time, social media wasn't what it was today. But if I had social media at that time, it would have been almost natural for them to get involved in my my recruiting process because I would have shared where I was doing or where I was going. And and it would have been a lot easier. At the time, we had email and phone calls, and that was it. But I realized how important it was those relationships that I built before the actual job came along. And I remember, and it's something that I will always remember, when I did my first interview with with Sony at the time. It was BMG at the time. The guy that interviewed me, he said, I don't know who you are, but I got three calls from three different people saying you were the right guy. And I realized it's the investment in those relationships that delivered that recommendation at that time. If you have social media, you can do that ten times better than we did at the time when i did it so i would recommend doing that and putting all yeah. your assets in your piggy bank
0: i very much love how your tips connect to um the tips you were saying earlier so it looks like you also connect uh, patients with persistence when it comes to your natural uh, uh, abilities and um, serve the community you want to get part of mm-hmm. and uh I, sh- I should ask, uh, what about video? Do you think people should use video to promote themselves for the job? Yes,
1: I think, yeah. Uh, even when you're looking for a job, um, it's not about a summary of your resume because that would be about you and not about them, right? So if you're recording video saying what you learned last or, or, or if you talk about the last project that you did, if you were involved in a project, even if you didn't have a job, then the thing that you did for your passion or or you share something interesting. If you go to a conference, for instance, right? Say you're looking for a job, and you have time. That's what I did when I had. You know, I was looking for a job. You try to get into conferences. I actually snuck in one of those without paying. <laughs> so that's what you do when you don't have the resources, right? You get a friend to get you in, and you find a way in. When if you're doing that, why don't you share what you learn? A lot of people are too busy to go to those conferences. If you share in an intelligent and organized way two things that you learn in a conference that people didn't have the time to go, do you think they're going to watch that video? Of course they will, and then they're going to find... They're going to wonder, who's that guy or that girl that, that made that great summary about that? And, and then right there on LinkedIn, they have the whole history. They see where they went to school. They see what they know about. And then if then they show up in an interview or they apply for a job or they connect with you and they say, hey, whenever you have an opportunity, I'd love to be in your team, then the likelihood that they will pay attention to you is a lot higher. And that doesn't hurt. And you can do that once and it impacts a lot more people than you think. That's the other interesting thing. When you do that, you don't realize how many people are seeing that because not everyone is gonna give you a comment or a like or a share, but a lot more people than you think are gonna see that. And the beauty of it is when you do it enough and your network grows, you find a pleasant surprise that some people may be going to you when you didn't even expect it and asking for your attention or your services or your job um, because they met you through those channels that we're all addicted to.
0: Looks like the CV, uh, as we know, it is on the verge of being a, an old school tool. Frank, thank you very much for your time this morning. And uh, I look forward to listening to more of those TED Talks, YouTube channels and um, podcast of yours. Thanks a lot, Jack. Thanks for having me here.